Welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hemmerker. In each episode, she'll talk with your favorite romantic suspense authors. They will take you behind the scenes of the writing process, giving excerpts from their writing, and share stories about their writing life. The Christmas Cabin by Laura Thomas When Carla James flies home for the holidays at her family's cozy Canadian cabin, she has no idea what or who awaits. But after five years serving at her beloved Mexican orphanage, it's time to work through forgiveness, face her fears, and reclaim Christmas. Up-and-coming chef Reese Templeton still regrets leaving a heartbroken Carla in the past and is desperate to confess his truth and make amends. But her own shocking revelation has the potential to either send him spiraling back to his destructive lifestyle or into Carla's arms. However, someone else is privy to Carla's chilling secret, and they're out there watching, waiting, wanting. Time is running out like melting snowflakes. And now, if Carla ever wants to see another Christmas, she needs all the grace and grit she can muster to trust the one who deserted her and the one who promised never to leave. Hi, and welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm your host, Sarah Hammerker, and I'm so glad you joined me. Today, I'm chatting with Laura Tom Thomas. She writes heartwarming encouragement for your soul and is a Hope Writer Certified Writing Coach, as well as a published author of Romantic Suspense. So welcome to my show, Laura. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. I am so glad we're going to get to talk about... Um, your flight to freedom series, I think is what the Christmas cabin is, is in. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. There's actually three novels in the flight to freedom series. And then this latest one is a novella. It was actually a Christmas novella that just came out uh, in November. Hence the Christmas cabin. <laughs> yes, I love Christmas novellas. I think they're one of my favorite things to write. I'm we're actually working on another one right now. We're recording this in January. So I'm working on another one. For this year so I'm so excited Christmas nice I know <laughs> do you find that it's um I've had people say uh well I mean should we really make Christmas a time of romantic suspense I'm like heck yeah <laughs> why not when is it not a good time for romantic suspense <laughs> oh that is exactly it Laura I love that when is it not a good time for romantic suspense I'm going to use that because I do some like craft shows in the fall and my Christmas right. books obviously sell really well because people are thinking about Christmas but sometimes I get sure. this really Chris and I'm just gonna I'm gonna steal that I'm gonna say as yeah. another author said when is it not <laughs> a good time for romantic suspense use it <laughs> I know I am I am so um how do you come up with the titles for your books do you come up with them? Does your publisher come yeah. up with them? How do you how do you feel about the titles? Yeah, titles. I think titles are really important and it, it's, it can be a little bit um, intimidating <laughs> trying to find one, right? Um, yeah. I know I, I've come up with all of my titles uh, so far. This was actually my uh, ninth book. Mm. Um, I've done some in other genres as well. Um, I feel like they, oh, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like they find me in the end. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've ever started a book with the title. Okay. Um, I, I usually brainstorm with a whole bunch of words that I know will be kind of enveloped in the story or woven through somehow. Um, with suspense, you can't, 
I don't know. It's kind of nice to make it so that it's a little bit like, hmm, curious. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of what you want, right? Yeah. Um, so the glass bottom boat, the lighthouse baby, the orphan beach, the Christmas cabin. Those are those are all the titles for my romantic suspense. So um, they've they've definitely come to me by the end, but sometimes I've had to really wrangle them. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love that word wrangle because um, it brings to mind cowboys and horses and cattle. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> trying to herd them into, I know, but sometimes, no, seriously, sometimes I feel like for titles or for taglines for our books or that cover copy, there's certain things that we do get down in the dirt and we're wrangling it, trying to get into shape. Come on, where are the words? What are we doing here? Yes. Um, so, yes, it rarely comes easily, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny though, the the more I talk to, especially romantic suspense writers, I think we all have things that come easy to us, right? Air quote, easy. And mm-hmm. sometimes, but it might not be the same thing that comes easy to you. So I always like, it's, um, it's always interesting to know for you, what is the hardest part of writing romantic suspense then? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's there's different challenges in different books, for sure. Um, Probably that just the general tough thing for me is to to keep it all, to keep it all. all, It's not just the romance and the suspense, but it's also uh, the faith element as well, because I write Christian romantic suspense. So you've got the three of them there. And sometimes it does feel like you're you're juggling all three and you don't want to let one of them drop too far because they're all important. Um, I know some authors really like to focus on either the romance or the suspense. Um, I try to keep it so that it's a little bit of both and that and that all important story of hope kind of throughout um so yeah I think the hardest thing is just generally keeping all three of those balls juggling in the air at the same time without any of them uh falling away if that makes sense no no it makes perfect sense to me (laughs) (laughs) I think it's I think that's something that you know we all struggle with Although I tend to focus, I think with my first first draft, I tend to focus more on the suspenseful part because I'm thinking of the plot. I mean, I'm thinking of all the red herrings and I don't want mm-hmm. people to totally guess who that is or if they guess who it is, why they're doing it. You know, you want some of that suspense, obviously, in there. Sure. Uh, and part of that is who's after them? Why are they after them? And how's it going to, so I work on that. And then I realize I have to go back and layer in more of the romance. Um, it's kind of there, but it's not as prominent. My first, my first go through, <laughs> I've noticed I need yes. to go back and add that. Um, also, that's the beauty of the editor, right? Yes. When they come along and, and, and lovingly point these things out. <laughs> yeah. I like your generous point of lovingly. I don't know. <laughs> I like I thick skin. We got thick skin. (laughs) I know. I do. I do. I yeah. You have to have thick skin. I think as a writer, if you don't, one hundred percent, you're not going to make it very far as a writer. And I have to get my best books are the ones where I can have some distance between handing it off and getting it. Don't send it back too soon because I'm not ready. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Our babies. Yes. I know. It's it's very hard. But I think the longer you do it, as well. the less personally you take <laughs> all the the critiquing and the the editing and all that you especially when you remember that it's all for the good of the story and it always makes it better always yes yes 
Yes, that is so true. And even if it's our favorite thing, because let's face it, we all have favorites in our story. Sometimes it's a little <laughs> bit. But then when two people say, like, if I send it to my beta readers before my editor and two people are like, mm, I don't get this. I'm like, there goes another favorite. Because <laughs> 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 like, if it's slowing people down in the story, yeah, you know, we don't want, I don't want my, I don't want my readers to halt and go, wait a minute, what is this? And I don't no. understand why she said this and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so, so we talked about the hardest thing about writing romantic suspense. What to you is the most rewarding part of writing in this genre? Ooh, um, I think it's always the the positive feedback from readers um, who literally say they could not go to bed because they had to read, keep reading another page, another chapter. I think, I think for me, that's, that's super rewarding when I know that I've grabbed them. And of course, um, spiritually speaking as well, when they can come to the end of it and they were like, that just, that, that just had an effect on me. It really encouraged my heart. Uh, me, I, I've been through that too, or I totally get where your protagonist was coming from. Um, just, I mean, that's kind of my prayer with, with the books is that God will use it somehow to encourage the reader. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of ways that um, I find writing this particular genre rewarding. Yeah. And I love the way you said that you want to encourage readers. I mean, that's where that faith thread, mm-hmm. I think really comes into play. If I can if I can show my readers how these fictitious characters, you know, reacted in this stressful situation in a way that hopefully honored God in the way that they, um, you know, that they, they handled things or they prayed or they discussed things in a way that maybe a reader went, Hmm, I didn't think about God that way. Or I feel encouraged after reading that. I think that's just a, that's just a wonderful opportunity we have without being preachy. You know, I don't want to preach at them. I want to let them see the story and let the story tell them some of those biblical truths. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think it's, um, it's always a goal for me to make my characters um, flawed and real and relatable. Um, You know, just trying to keep that uh, the forefront of of my mind when I'm writing their reactions and, and everything, just so that you don't want to have these pie in the sky characters that nobody can understand or nobody gets, you know, and just trying to weave in even some everyday um, struggles and challenges that, you know, our reader will be like, yeah, I've totally been through that. Um, yeah. Obviously not all, the, not the scary stuff. I wouldn't wish any of that on anybody. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, right. But in the midst of those, I mean, what we use the the wrapping mystery or the whatever they're going through, um, the suspense part of it, it's really just a catalyst to get them to kind of reexamine their lives and to realize that, hey, they can fall in love with this person. <laughs> this is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Can, yeah. Grow and, and do. So that's what we want them to 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 learn from it. Um, yes. Sometimes yeah. there's a lot of digging deep and, uh, you know, going back into their backstory and finding out the whys and and the, you know, the reasons why they're going through all the troubles and the struggles, but um, that's part of the fun of writing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. And sometimes the challenges. Okay. How are we going to get them out of this situation? <laughs> 
it's easy getting them into a situation. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> getting them out of it in a realistic, uh, but also gripping way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that can be yeah. challenging. I will say realistic way. Cause sometimes I'll think, oh, well, I could just blow something up, but that would just not <laughs> be appropriate in this situation. And that, you know, sometimes things blow up. Yes. In my books, but yes. it's not always, you know, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not appropriate. Like we can't just, <laughs> can't just do that. We have to have more closure here. So um, yeah. Yeah. But lots of fun about that. Well, this has been delightful, Laura, but we are out of time. So thank you for being on my show. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It was lovely to meet you. You have been listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm Sarah Hamaker, and I've ta been talking with Laura Thomas. She writes heartwarming encouragement for your soul, and you can stay tuned to listen to a short excerpt from one of her romantic suspense books, The Christmas Cabin. Now an excerpt from The Christmas Cabin by Laura Thomas. Reese opened the door. Giant snowflakes drifted in like balls of cotton from the granite-colored sky. Everything within her wanted to pull him back into the warmth of the cabin, her arms, her life. I'll get going then. He stepped out onto the porch. Lock the door, okay? Oh, don't worry, I will. Be safe. She caught herself before reaching out her hand and following the instincts of her aching heart. Having him here had ushered in a whole host of memories and emotions. She had a lot to consider, but they both needed space. Bye. With doors locked and all outside lights kept on, she switched off the fire and music before trudging upstairs with her phone. A call to Alexis was on her to-do list as soon as she'd soaked the day's stress from her body in lavender-infused hot water. In a matter of minutes, she luxuriated in a bubble bath fit for a queen. A lit candle flickered on the marble countertop as she rested her head against the back of the tub and breathed in the soothing fragrance now permeating the room. Yet her brain swirled with thoughts of Reese. His reaction was as she had feared. Of course he would be upset, but added into that were his issues with alcohol. She prayed this news wouldn't send him back in any way. Lord, you know him better than I do. Would you comfort him and let him know he's forgiven? That I want to be... friends? She cringed as she remembered God knew her heart and her thoughts better than she knew herself. How could she hide the flutter in her belly at the thought of those strong arms encircling her in a tender hug? The way he raked his long fingers through his hair and made her want to feel the thickness of it. His kissable lips sipping hot chocolate. The raw attraction between them was undeniable and rekindled her hope of a possible reconnection. A strange scraping sound stilled her musings. The noise came from downstairs. Outside, maybe? She sat upright, clutching her knees under her chin and sending a slosh of water to the rim of the tub. She forced a breath through her lips and froze in place, every nerve in her body on high alert. Seconds stretched. Silence filled the cabin. Nothing. 
should have kept the Christmas music playing downstairs. She was freaking herself out. The noise could be anything if it was outside. There was no shortage of wildlife up here at the lake. Raccoons, deer, an occasional cougar even, and always the threat of a bear, her particular worst-case scenario. But perhaps with more homes up here now, she was safer, wasn't she? Just as she talked herself into sinking back beneath the bubbles, the scraping sounded again. A scratching. Something being moved. Definitely at the back of the house. Carla clambered out of the tub, grabbed a fluffy white towel from the rack, and wrapped it around herself. She slid on her glasses and checked her phone. Please let there be service. Reception could be spotty sometimes. Yes, she had bars. Although, how long would the police take to get here if she actually needed help? Why didn't she insist Alexis stay here tonight with Lily? So much for getting her brave on and moving forward. Leaving a trail of water behind her, she tiptoed along the hallway and stood at the top of the stairs, her long, wet hair dripping down her back. God, help me. The noise had stopped, but she needed to check out the back door or she would have no chance of sleeping tonight. She snagged her coat on the way past the rack and bundled it over her towel-clad body. Next, she selected a poker from beside the fireplace, just in case. The glow from the kitchen appliances lit her path to the back door. A deep breath. No way she was going to open that door. A horrible sense of deja vu filled her with dread. She simply needed to see if anything, or anyone, was on the back porch. With trembling fingers, she tugged the blind that covered the window pane in the door and peered into the winter evening. Breathe. No one was out there. She looked along the width of the window so she could see most of the porch lit by the twinkly lights. The Christmas tree was still in place and nothing appeared to have been tampered with. She leaned her ear against the door and waited several beats. Silence. Had she imagined the earlier noise? The scraping could have been a raccoon after all. Perhaps if she saw tiny prints out there in the fresh snow, her mind would be put at ease, and she might even get some sleep. She checked her phone. Not even nine o'clock? Exhaustion hit after a long day traveling. Okay, she would check out the prints and then head to bed with a book and leave soft music playing so she didn't wig out again. A Band-Aid rip was in order. She set her phone on a side table, held the poker at the ready, and in one smooth move, unlocked the door and swung it open. For a second, she realized how ridiculous she looked in her towel-coat combo, soaking hair, and a fire poker held like a sword. If Reese could see me now. But as she scanned the vicinity as far as the lights allowed, nothing seemed amiss at first glance. She let out the breath she'd been holding and dropped her gaze to the ground, where a thin layer of snow had blown under the porch overhang. And there, in the middle? No. 
She jumped back inside, slammed the door shut, and locked it. Her heart pounded so hard in her chest cavity, it hurt. She clutched the poker with both hands as tears filled her eyes. No raccoon could have left those man-sized boot prints. Thanks for listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hammerker. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can sign up to receive notifications of upcoming podcasts and listen to previous editions at sarahhammakerfiction.com.